Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. I'm Wendy Cherry, and I am your host, and I am super excited about today's topic and guest. Now, I actually tried to get this guest for the last three months, and we put it on the calendar, so it's here today. Adama Craig of Adama's Bedouin Farm. Now, Adama says she has farmed up and down the East Coast, the Caribbean, and West Africa, and prefers to be known as a Bedouin, and we'll get into that. Now, Bedouins travel in caravans, move with the stars, and creation talks to them in signs and omens. And that's not a scary thing. So for those of you who already were like, huh, don't be like that. Farming is a journey through the world, sharing how innovative people are growing food, growing community, healing their lands, and leaving a legacy of love. She is also an astrologer, and in studying the movements of the planets, she can discern events that are probable to take place and assist people with understanding their energetic thumbprint so as to harness the harmonious aspects of their charts in manifesting or womb-nifesting their destinies. Now, that sounds so super dope. Welcome, Adama. (laughs) Thank you, Wendy. Yes, thank you for joining us. So now we have a lot to unpack here because um, you prefer to be called a Bedouin. So what we're going to talk about today is food and the farming of food and how important food is for human beings to survive and um, some ways that are the best ways for you to get the best food into your system. But a Bedouin and traveling and omens (laughs) and signs and stars and West Africa, take us to how you begin all of these things. So, um, wow. Traveling uh, has been a part of uh, my life, so kind of birthright in a sense. So wow. moved a lot um, growing up in a sense. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Okay. I moved to D.C., well, Maryland, Hyattsville, Silver Spring. Okay. That was like 2000, um, I'm sorry, 1994. Okay. And moved, got it, came into the district proper like um, 1990s. I think that was six, 90, 95, 96. Okay. And I, and I was, so I lived in the district until uh, 2004. Okay. 
Um, so, you know, D.C. was formative years. It was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. Then um, went down south for a spell and then ended up in Baltimore, where I am now. Okay. So still in the region. Okay. And you see, so that, that Bedouin thing, you know. You're like I've, a nomad. Uh, in a sense, right? <clears throat> um, I've moved around. And um, the reason I'm saying Adama's Bedouin farm, in a sense, is mm-hmm. because I find myself, I'm trained as an organic farmer. Oh, so wow. I've, yeah, I've worked on farms. I went through training, farm training programs. Okay. So I'm an, organ- I'm an organic farmer. Okay. Um, but I am a farmer dispossessed of land. I don't own my own farm. Oh, wow, right. Okay. So, and, and in that training of working on other people's farms, mm-hmm. um, working... Um, yeah, small farms, urban farms. I have finally the opportunity to work in like a, I'll say, a traditional country farm with big acreage. But I've had you know different experiences. I've run a um, um, farmers um, market mm-hmm. um, in Atlanta, Atlanta Georgia. Um, okay. I drove a farm truck when I when I worked for. Um, well, I did an AmeriCorps. Okay. Okay. All right. At a Civic Farm in Baltimore. And a real food civic under civic works, and there I grew food and I drove the mar- mobile market, which oh, was wow. great because the mobile market we went into uh, communities you know that had been disenfranchised, mm-hmm. and we were able to sell our organic food with you know and we went to senior citizens homes and we went to you know the populations that are are vulnerable yes and we were able to bring them fresh organic food and um, take advantage of snap and all of the other you know and and add on to that with like you know two for one and different things like that so I you know my breath of 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 food and then uh even the last uh, two years, I served in Baltimore um, on the Baltimore Resident Food Equity Advisory Committee okay. for the city, okay. looking at how to strengthen policy um, to ensure equity uh, for mm-hmm. you know the residents of Baltimore. Right, and so looking at policy, doing that. So that over the last two years, that I've been doing that. So I, I, I say all of that to say I've I've got a a, a big breath. In with and breath of food. Okay. Um, but my interest is from the equity perspective. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And then it also comes from the fact that, okay, I'm a farmer. I want to own land. Yes. Um, I'm working on that. Okay. But it's not as easy as, you know, I'm a scratch kid. Uh-huh. You have heard that term, scratch kid? No. So that means from scratch. My mom and daddy didn't have a trust fund to leave me. Oh yeah, child. Right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So okay. many, many, many brown folks. I'm scratch kids. Right? Too, We're scratch kids. <laughs> right? So yeah. So I, I don't have uh, assets, family assets to leverage. Right. I'm having to make that happen, and and I do plan to. Okay. But I haven't uh, let that stop me from still um, farming. You know, doing some farming here, doing a little volunteer work in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in, you know, let's see, where did I do some stuff? Oh, we're in uh, Ghana. Um, and then my job, my job job, mm-hmm. um, I work with a small, I work for a nonprofit. Okay. And it's a large international nonprofit, but within it, there's a small program called Farmer to Farmer. 
Okay. And so farmer to farmer, what we do is we take farmers, agriculturalists, you know, professors, and they have to deal with agriculture. And we send them to um, all over. Last The last three years that I was with the program, it was to East Africa. Okay. But we've now just expanded. Now we have six countries. So throughout the world. Okay. But we take them and send them over to work with farmers and to work with um, farming co-ops. Okay. To help increase their yields. So if they're having an issue with pest management, Mm -hmm. like fall armyworm is eating their stuff. Yep. They're not getting enough nutrients, learning how to to, to grow um, groundnuts, um, soybeans, um, mm-hmm. value-added products. I'm just giving you, so um, what feels good is my life lines up. Yes. You know what I mean? Yep. Like in my, like, you know, day job, you know, I'm working with an organization sending farmers to help farmers out in the world. Right. My passion outside is still working in the neighbor or working in on behalf of the neighborhoods yes to make sure that there is some food somehow getting into the neighborhood right. that is fresh and available you know and accessible so interesting because now I'm going back I'm thinking about my childhood I'm from New Jersey but I grew up in the summers and every holiday on the eastern shore of Virginia mm. on my grandparents' land. Nice. And they had cucumbers and, and green beans and mm. all these different crops mm. at different times. Right. I'm thinking now that I took it for granted, I was on the farm, you know, it, it wasn't like chickens and cows and none of that stuff, no. but it was no. all greenery. Right. And so there would be times when they would have a whole group of people come to pick the cucumbers. Yep. And so me and my little sister would go out. And so the thing was, you try to get like a bushel, right? You try to pick a bushel for however many. Right. It took me all day. I know. I'm to laughing. pick that bushel. And I was probably six. <laughs> right. And my fingers were getting stuck because no, the cucumbers yeah. have little like, yeah, the thorns little, or something. Yeah. And so I was hot. I think I like got up, a few, you know, like the people who were there were there to work and get money. Right. Right. I'm just like, hey, this is fun. Right. Let me and my sister Amy, we out here, we trying to get this bushel. I think we got like a quarter, a half a bushel. It took the whole day. We were hot. We probably went inside to eat and drink. Right. And go to bed oh, yeah. Like yeah, 27 just, times. You know. You know, whatever. Right. But the whole community was like a... um fresh fruit produce yes. it was there, there were fields all across everywhere right and so my grandparents house sat on that right. and so my grandparents my grandfather and his brothers were long distance truck drivers for produce okay and so we used to go to get them loaded Mm-hmm. You know, get their mm-hmm. trucks loaded, or and mm-hmm. they would haul it to wherever. So wait a minute, they grew the food and they did the distribution. Well, so no, they didn't. They grew their food, and I don't. You know, I'm thinking I don't even know what they were doing, but I know that they were working for people that didn't look like them, because I know that when we would go, well, mm-hmm. their their land, they did whatever with it, right? But their hauling, they did for other people. Okay, so got it. And I remember, my grandfather was in his mid sixties. Uh, you know early 60s probably when I was a child and I remember the young boys used to call him by his first name the young white boys yes and I just remember being like 
Hmm. You know, it was just really interesting, mm-hmm. you know, to see mm-hmm. that, right? So fast forward, my grandparents died in the eighties and we kept their homes for as long as we could. Very good. And then we were unable to mm-hmm. keep the home. Mm-hmm. And then I remember mm-hmm. in early two thousand two, four, six, we had to sell the home and we had to get ripped. I'm talking my mom got ripped. The, there was there was lots of acreage and it was good soil, but because we didn't know the system and because mm-hmm. we didn't know, um, we couldn't afford to keep it. Um, and we tried for many years. We tried for many years to keep it. Yeah. Um, but like taxes and then yeah. people, you know, we tried to bring other people in mm-hmm. uh, and they didn't take care of the property. Okay. So it was just one of those things where it's gone now. Yeah. But I remember yeah. well, you, do you, what we had and now what we don't have. Right. Right. So and it's not like we didn't understand the value of it. Right. It wasn't any of those things. It was just my mom tried to keep it and we just were unable to financially do it during the crisis. Right. During the crisis. Right. 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 So then they knocked the house down and I have not been back since Mm. because I can't go back right now Mm. because when my neighbor called to say they knocked your grandmommy and granddaddy's house down, I had like a whole emotional breakdown because that was my home. That was my second home. And we played in those fields and I have awesome pictures of me and Amy on granddaddy's tractor. It was like a joy to get on the tractor with granddaddy. Right. And just go and watch the right. watch it just right. till so, and do whatever. So let's talk about that. Okay. Because there's so many layers to that. Okay. Um so for your audience, I'm sure let me let me so you can understand the scale of the impact. So I believe it was nineteen thirteen to turn of the century. Okay. We had about we had like a million black farmers. Okay. Um the last uh, census count that they took, yeah. we have 18,000. Mm. And my grandfather was born in 1914, but he pretty much lived mm. where he was so, born. One million to 18,000. 18,000. Mm-hmm. And so there were. And that was all in the 2010 mm-hmm. census. I'm just saying. So it'll be interesting to see what happens 2020. And so what has happened is um, there had been all kinds of racist, you know, discriminatory practices by the USDA, the FDA to actually um, get land, take land away, you know, and that kind of that converged with integration. Yes. So it's like integration ca- came, you know, well, a couple of things. After the wars, and folks didn't want to, some people didn't want to just come home and farm no right. more, right? right? So you had right. that contingent. And then you had integration open, and folks were like, no, I'm going to go to the city, get me a job. Yeah. Now, that's even later. People be clear. After um, enslavement was ended, Reconstruction was happening. Lynching was put in place, and a lot of us left the South in fear for our life. Right. So I'm saying there was that big migration because of lynching, right? Yeah, so right. that was the first kind of tear away. But yeah. you had some folks holding on. They yes. still were yet holding on, farming, right? Still, you know, resisting. Yes. Then, you know, second wave, okay, then you have the wars. Folks come back. Some of them like, nah, I don't want to farm no more. But you still had hold on. Right. Then you had integration. 
Mm. and the racist policies. Mm. So integration, some folks were like, no, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to do something else, mom and daddy. But hold the land. I'll help send money back to keep the land. Right. But then the racist policies were happening, like not giving them loans for the farms, Mm -hmm. you know, when they needed it for cash flow to be able to operate the farms, um, just all kinds of things, you know. And so that's what that big lawsuit was that was just settled with black farmers. The Pickford Act is a a lawsuit that was just settled that um, paid, um, I think it was like $50 million lawsuit. Huge. Oh wow! So you and, know, and they won. From yeah, they won. Okay, because I'm saying farmers lost thousands of acres of land. Right, you know, behind that. Right, and so they won the lawsuit, but we still don't have the land. Right, right. Now, what what makes this? I know some of y'all are like you know the ones who are in. Uh, you know, the city, you know, maybe, you know, Big Mama came up from South Carolina, North Carolina back in like the 60s, you know, but you, your parents have been here, you're here. Why is this important? Right. Well, you know, the civil rights movement could not have happened without the farmers. It was actually Martin Luther King who checked with them before they would plan a march because they would put up the land to be able to get people out on bail. Wow. It was Fannie Lou Hamer Mm. that realized after so much protesting that it really was about the land. And so they could, the way that they were able to register people for civil rights was that when folks were threatened, if you go register to vote, we gonna throw you off your land, sharecroppers. Mm. She had gotten land with a couple of other black folks so that it was okay, people could still go register and then just come and sharecrop and grow cooperatively on the land that she was able to secure. And right. then Dr. Heights came later, her and Dorothy Heights, mm-hmm. and worked on some other initiatives. But So folks don't understand, like, without land, and that's why land sovereignty is yes. so important. Yes. You know, think about it. The reason that, you know, the biggest fight has been about the land, you know. We mm-hmm. had the Europeans come over and usurp the indigenous folks mm-hmm. and then they were like this is a lot of land we don't have enough people to work it so then they came and you know they went and stole and enslaved folks who had farming technology who had the technology and understanding right and and the physical ability stamina mm-hmm. to handle the conditions stole them mm-hmm. so it's all I'm saying like it's always been about the land it has always been about and, the land and um, that's why it's important so even today when folks are trying to uh, buy a house at the astronomical prices mm-hmm, in DC mm-hmm, now, well, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's about ownership of land. And that's so sovereignty, land sovereignty is really important. Mm-hmm. However, while we're working on connecting back to the land as a people, mm-hmm. we still have to grow where we are. Yes. We still have to be resilient in the space. You do. We do. That we are. And that's um, Grow Where You Are is actually the trademark of one of my mentors, uh, Brother Eugene Alala. Okay. And Grow Where You Are. You can look him up. He is amazing. Grow Where You Are. Okay. Grow Where You Are. He uh, is out of Atlanta, and he's, again, a farmer who has worked all over the world, um, very knowledgeable in the ways of permaculture and indigenous ways of being with the land and bringing it back into fertility okay. from barrenness. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. I mean, you know, that's a whole different paradigm. So let's maybe go back a little bit to more of the basics. Mm-hmm. So food, 
food gives your body the nutrients and everything that it needs to be able to do all the processes that it has to go to to keep you vital. Yes. And um, food, the soil counts, the seeds count, the water mm-hmm. and the environment count, the people who work it, whose energy goes into it, all of that counts. All of it. And so now we are experiencing this big organic movement. It, it mm-hmm. has been going on, but we, brown, mm-hmm. black people, are just starting to get hip to it, mm-hmm. you know, the, and and have the money and can choose whether they want to buy organic or not. Right. Um, because, you know, we come to the big city now. And so <laughs> where you probably had some experience with, you know, eating more fresh food or having your elders um, bringing food from the market or whatever. And then we came to the big city and now we got Whole Foods on every corner. So now we're able to to do it that way. But it's really important for us to know that food and the energy of the food with all of those different, the seed, the grow, the, the soil, the water, the environment also allows you to connect to spirit or not. Yes. And it enhances that ability. So once you start to eat the good food and once you realize how important it is, you start to connect and then you with spirit and with yourself and then you start to be able to do other things. And so I want that one thing to be said. So think about why there would be a food desert mm-hmm. in places where brown and black people are. Mm-hmm. Now, a food desert is defined by the USDA as part of the country, vapid of fruit, fresh fruit, vegetables, and other healthful whole foods, usually found in impoverished areas. This is largely due to a lack of grocery stores, farmers market, and healthy providers. Now, that's from the USDA's website, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But how, if how are they able to put liquor stores and check cash in places and those things if they don't have, if there's no resources to do anything? People know food is energy. When you ele- when you eat good food, you elevate high. And those when pe- that's when people don't allow you to do things that are happening now because they don't know. They're, they're not, when they're eating bad food and they're eating the fast food and the foods that don't do anything, the dead food. Mm-hmm. We're talking mm-hmm. live food versus dead food. When mm-hmm. you're eating dead food, you're dead. So you could be a dead person walking. Let, let, let's, I'm going to touch on like a couple of things right there, right? <laughs> I know, like, whoa. Um... <laughs> No, because there's so much that there's can be covered. There's so much. Like, we could do a whole there's series so on food. You well, know you're what just going to have to come back. Uh, okay. You'll have to come okay. back. But but let me, so, um, <laughs> so the way that I'll just say urban design, urban planning, right, mm-hmm. how's that? Um, um, some of that is, how you say, willful neglect. Yeah, how's it's that? intentional. So, well, willful neglect. It's not that they planned it, but they certainly allow things to just do what they do. Mm -hmm. There was no concern about, you know, how do we make this a a space that is uh, healthy and um, would bring good growth and educational opportunities for this segment of the population. Mm -hmm. None of that happened. Right. So in that place, you have uh, groups of people who've come from other countries who um, they use the opportunities that were open to them. Right. So they were able to get together and get a liquor license and open that corner. They were able to, um, you know, do these things. And because of 
white supremacy, which is a system, folks. It's a system of centering whiteness and white values um, in the center of every aspect of being. So I say it to say this, when you have another minority group that comes into the U.S., but they've been watching racist programming of what black people do and what they eat and who they are. You know, there may not be a concern about, well, I'm just selling liquor. Um, and especially, I want to say for, you know, the Arab brothers and sisters who, you know, their religion doesn't allow them to drink. Mm-hmm. But they're willing to open up a sell store it. and sell it. Mm-hmm. That that shows a, a true disconnect from, you know, this also is your brother or sister, too. It's money. Um, it's money. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, you know, hmm, it's money, but it's also, um, you know, black and brown have been portrayed and sold around the world. Yes. As as maligned. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So when they come into the communities just trying to figure out how to make a living for themselves, right. I'm saying, you know, these are the communities they know they can come they in and can do come that. They can come in and target. Right. And do right. that and do that very quickly. Right. The second thing I want to say is unfortunately, folk, folks who've grown up in the urban centers, and I was one, y'all, because I grew up in Buffalo, New York, and Buffalo, New York is the queen city of New York State because it's the second largest outside of New York City. Is that right? Is it that is. Rick James? Home yeah. Rick James? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girl, don't play. Okay, Buffalo. <laughs> like Rick James, OJ Simpson. Oh. Buffalo Wings. Oh. Uh, yeah. Cold? I feel you cold. Know, um, snow, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm saying, you know, things that Buffalo is famous for some stuff, right? Okay. But, but I'm saying, it, so a lot of people don't know that. Like the, the, you know, like, wait a minute, it's the second biggest city outside nope. of New York that. City for the state of New York. Okay. Right? So okay. I'm saying, in its heyday, it was, you know, humongous. Popular. Okay. Very, you know, and so I'm saying, I grew up in the city and um, I didn't like vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't like vegetables. It wasn't until I start growing in a garden that I tasted fresh vegetables off the vine, out the garden, that I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And I had grown some tomatoes and I had given them to a friend of mine for her and her husband. And he was from South Carolina. And she took one. She said, oh, this is so good. Oh, my goodness. And he was like, I told you. And he's like over there chomping on them. And, and she's like, it, what are they selling us in the store? If this is what a tomato is supposed, supposed to, taste, to like, taste like, then what are they selling us in the store? So, and I want y'all to know, y'all, she got a garden now and she teach other people how to garden. Right. All that to say that it's almost like that movie, An Imitation of Life. Yeah. You're, you're going into grocery stores and you're buying fruits and vegetables, <laughs> but... Until you've had an opportunity to eat some very fresh fruits and vegetables, you may not have had the experience of knowing what they really taste like so that your body's like, oh, yeah, I want that. Well, this is funny because I, being at my grandparents' house, I didn't like vegetables either. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother cooked every single day. Um, and so... I remember the peaches. Peaches stand out to me the most mm. because there were always bushels of peaches and peaches everywhere. And then my grandparents used to cut them up and put milk on it too. They used to do all type of stuff. Delicious. But I hadn't really thought about peaches too much until this summer. I went to um, a farmer's market and I tasted one. And I was like, I, I had to stop there because I was like, I hadn't had a peach 
that tasted like my grandparents' house. It right. instantly took me back. It was so fresh. So then I went and bought some from the store that said organic Ooh. that um, that flavor was not there. It, even though it was organic, but you know, it just that doesn't make, that's it, not it the made same. it. I realize that there is a taste difference. I mean, I guess I knew, but as I'm starting to learn to love vegetables and fruit again, mm -hmm. um, the freshness, it means everything. A couple of things on that, real quick. Freshness and soil. So you can be doing everything standardly, organically. So that just means you're not putting pesticides, you're not using chemicals okay. you know, in the ground. Okay. So, okay, good. You might be doing organic practices that way, but are you enhancing your soil? Are you composting? Are you putting nutrients in the ground mm. so that the flavors come? Right. Are you planting and growing in season? If you try to start your stuff a little too early, yeah. maybe, okay, is it not getting enough of the nutrients versus... So the, the most important thing for a farmer is their, their soil. The soil, really, because okay. you you spend years, yeah, years building Cultivating. up your soil, okay. building up the nutrients mm -hmm. in the soil, okay, and that's what's going to give it the flavor, the texture. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. your soil is the most important thing, mm -hmm. not a crop from that season. Okay, I mean you might be sad if you lose a crop or two, right? But it's your soil, right? You don't want to buy mess with your I'm soil. I'm thinking of queen sugar now. Okay, you don't want to buy mess with your soil. Okay, right. So the point is like. You, if you can source from a local farm and go there and talk to the farmer, mm -hmm. or even when you go to a farmer's market, like if they're the farmers, ask them some questions about their farming practices okay. and how they build this. So soil. what are the top three questions that we can go to the farmer's market and ask? Top three, uh, do you grow these items on the table or did you pick them up from the county or, or state like a subcontract. auction. <laughs> right. The county okay. or state auction. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. If they grew them, um, do you use, um, you know, conventional chemicals or do you have organic practices for okay. how you treat, you know, your plants? Okay. Because you still have some... You still need to spray, maybe. You still need to do some things, but you're going to use neem instead. You're going to just use some other, not the hard, heavy-duty commitment, right? right? Like a glyphosate or something like right, that. Right, exactly. So okay. I'm saying there is a difference. And then um, the third thing you can ask um, is how long that farm has been active. You know, how, how long has that farm been up and growing and growing food and okay. all that good stuff? Okay, so we got three, we got three things to ask. Yeah. We got three things to ask. So um, that's what I want. I want people to have the tips. Okay. So now I have heard that their Bill Gates and Melinda Gates have all the legacy seeds hidden somewhere. Is mm -hmm. that true? <laughs> well, Conspiracy. Look, 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 look. Oh. <laughs> so um, Southern Seed Saver Exchange. Southern Seed Saver Exchange. Mm -hmm. They are down in Virginia. Oh. There is, um, and of course her name just went right out of my head. There is a, a um, elder black woman mm -hmm. that runs that 
Right. She runs the bill. The, oh, the, the no, Southern the Seed ex- Saver. Exchange. Right. Exchange. She's okay. with the exchange. Okay. And um, so, but that organization is, um, they they save seed. Okay. And um, across the country and across the world, you have more seed saving exchanges happening. Okay. And you have um, small seed banks happening. Okay. So, um, yes, unfortunately, Bear. And Monsanto, yeah, just they just combined came combined. But right? I think Bear is not too happy about all the flack that they're getting. Oh, um, well, good for them. That's well, what they get hey, for buying Monsanto, they, right? Exactly. So let's just so. let's just put a pin there. Okay. Um, seed is important, mm-hmm. and what is happening is that there are seed is like legacy heritage heirloom mm-hmm. seeds. Those are the original seeds, and now there are seeds uh, that are GMO, genetically mm-hmm. modified. They're made genetically modified organisms. They are made in a lab. So this is what we're talking about. The difference between the fake seed, pretty much, or the Frankenseed versus right. a, a, a organic. Organic. Don't And don't get that confused with hybrid. So there's okay. three different things. There. Okay. Like just what you said. There's GMO, there's hybrid, and then there's, um, you know, heritage. Okay. Um, so the and just so what she, what Wendy said was perfectly right. I just want you to know that hybrid is just you have two lines of tomatoes that come together, but they're two lines of tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So they may cross, you know, one tomato that's plump with another one that um, the skin is harder to to break. So it doesn't just like as soon as somebody touches it, it like opens, you mm-hmm. know. And so that's when we cross lines, you know, in I'm saying human beings, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's OK to cross a tomato and a tomato. Right. So hybrids, that's what a hybrid is. And so if you see that, that's OK to get a uh, GMO one. They might put like the, the gene of fish scales. Right. In to the gene line to help do something that they think it should do. Mm. Um, so it's not a tomato. You, right. you see what I mean? So I want folks to be understand the difference. And so um, when you ha- when you have, um, you know, these things and, and the other mean thing about GMO seeds that they the way they've tried to control the world mm. is they're called terminator seeds uh, where they only produce one crop. Yeah, like a mono. Yeah, one. one um, no, I'm saying monocropping is when you plant all just one thing. No, I'm saying the seed only goes one time. You can't harvest the seed and oh. plant it again the next. Gotcha. Okay. Do you see? So yeah. folks have to continue year after year after year to, to continue buy. to buy the seed. So okay, two Isn't that things. Crazy? Two things across the world, and I'm not sure if it's happening here. These are just two different stories that I'm that I know about. In India, they Monsanto went into India to um, basically take the people's legacy from them. You know what I'm saying? So they were silk farmers, and over the last few years, they have enslaved and made those people who have been doing it for centuries and their families has been passed down. They have made them sharecroppers. Mm-hmm. And so because their mindset, and this is not everybody, I'm talking about some people, um, some of the farmers have been committing suicide because they are not they're not used to debt in in their farms and now they are having to buy the seed from the company and it was their original seed so now they are becoming into debt and the silk is not what it was and it's stressing the farmers out so when I heard this story in like 2015 already like 32 
farmers had committed suicide Mm -hmm. because they're stressed out because this is happening and those big companies are coming in they're playing nice with the farmers and then they turn around and sell them their own stuff that's what that that's what happens when you don't know the other thing is i went to costa rica last year um to study like pharmaculture we went to like uh farm and fresh fruit uh like forests mm-hmm. we went to see the um the animals the animal rescue um we went to a chocolate factory and so costa rica was um one of the places that was not as affected as others but now in in and and also cuba is because they're not allowing people to come in but now it's starting to be an issue because people are coming in they're sending people in to try to now trick up the farmers the way that they did in other countries Mm -hmm. so someone from america went into costa rica and put like a little bug in their chocolate all over the world all over the country and and destroyed like crops and crops years and years of crops of that chocolate Mm -hmm. because they were they wanted to get it they wouldn't sell it to them and Mm -hmm. so now they came in and tricked it up so now we went to a farmer uh, you know a black farmer in costa rica who has now been able to um fix Mm -hmm. bring his crop his chocolate crop back Back. to health and um, is being able to show other people that too. And then the pineapples. So we, we riding through Costa Rica. We're there for nine days. We're staying at like an echo lodge, you know, Mm -hmm. we really doing it right. Checking it all out. And we're going through these uh, roads and we see blue bags on the bananas and the pineapples. Mm -hmm. And the people tell us, tell your, your, your people back home in the U S they're selling this as organic and it's not. You see the blue bags, it's sitting in some kind of chemicals to keep the bugs away, but it's being sold this way. So then you think about, okay, that's the food, how does it affect the animals? So now the sloths are like giving birth to twins. Their body's not genetically created to give birth to twins because they can't carry twins. They Mm. can't even nurse twins. Mm. They're coming out with diseases. Mm. They're coming out with limbs lost. And so then also are the people. Right. The people, the kids are blind. There's all different things that are happening to these people who work in these factories and work on these, uh, in this land where it's not good soil not Mm -hmm. good seed not good energy not Mm -hmm. good water Mm -hmm. and so it does make a difference right it makes a difference so these are just two things that i am privy to right right so what i wanted (laughs) so i wanted to just say to people grow where you are that means um you're able to go ahead get containers grow you know start with herbs a little herb garden you know, and it's fine. Go to Home Depot. Go mm-hmm. to Lowe's. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a local seed uh, store, go to a local seed store. Um, if that works for you, I mean, of course, I could say you know there are some seed catalogs out here that you can also order from. Um, order those, but grow some herbs. Just start. Um, so what do you do? You go to the store. You what are so this is the fall now. We're in the fall. Mm-hmm. What could if somebody wanted to next Saturday run to the market? What are the two herbs they can get, and what does it look like? 
Okay, so because you're doing herbs and you're going to do them inside the house, okay. you know, that's what I'm saying. Now, you know, you're getting ready to do them in the house. Okay, so, in the house. So, yeah, so just a little herb garden. You could get, um, when it's really the herbs that you use the most, but let's just say basil. Okay. Um, and uh, let's say people that people use a lot um cilantro or mm-hmm. parsley okay okay mm-hmm. and um you just get some you get some potting soil but you get the you get the food grade potting soil be clear okay. and you can ask the person for that because okay. if you just pick up regular potting soil sometimes that might have some some things some chemicals in it or some things that are fine for flowers okay but right. since, because you want to eat this this is edible yeah you want organic soil that okay that that's the difference. So you want to make sure that you get pick up potting soil, you know, that because you're growing that you're going to eat, you're going right. to be growing food. Then you know, go ahead, plant your little uh, and and get potting soil versus garden soil because the potting soil is going to already have the mixture of peat moss and other things to make it lighter. Okay. Okay. It's the potting soil has to be lighter in a pot. So air can get to it okay. versus garden soil, which is down in the earth where, you know, roots are able to to reach down for their nutrients and air. And so it's a different dynamic. You need potting soil for a pot, okay. not garden soil okay. for a pot. No, these are the mistakes people make, right? Yep. Get your soil, get your seed packet, follow the directions of the seeds. Okay. And and then when they come up, you know, keep it in a sunny location near a window. And then all winter, you can be making pesto. Well, how long does it take, hey. you think, for it to come up? Um, You know, you get your first little bloom. And then, you know, after that, it takes. Now, I can say they have these little kits. And that that's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, but this brings us back to the um, where you are mm-hmm. regarding seasons and cycles. Yes. You can't trick Mother Nature. Nope. The sun is going down. Yeah. We're losing. Fall clock. We're losing. <laughs> we're losing minutes of daylight. Yeah. So, you know, you will be able to grow some herbs, some vegetables, but they're not going to be like big and huge and bushy, like huge, like in your garden. First, because mm-hmm. it's going to container. And second, because there's less sun and okay. the plants know that. Right. The chlorophyll, with it needs the sun to grow. It needs the sun. Okay. And some, As do we. And the with summer um, plants need usually minimum six hours a day. Hmm. Eight, you know, tomatoes. Okay. Like, okay. constant. Okay. So if you're talking about growing something and going towards winter when we're losing day, losing mm-hmm. sunlight, that's why you can only grow certain things. Okay. You know. So cycles and astrology. Mm. So talk to us about like the the almanac or like mm-hmm. I, I think of the almanac. The farmer's uh, almanac. Yeah, when they're growing in cycles and they're mm. doing those things because I'm really just myself starting to eat with the seasons again. Very good. What I do want to do is can you tell us like maybe four fruit and vegetables to get now? It's the fall. Oh. What is out in the East Coast in this area? Right. Well, this is this is full fall, right? Mm-hmm. So it's going to be an Eastern Shore and everything. So it's going to be corn, of okay. course. It's going to be um, your squashes. Okay. So, you know, your pumpkins, your other squashes. 
um, it's starting to cool down again. It is. So with the coolness co- coming down again, you you um, can start growing lettuce again. Lettuce doesn't like above seventy five degrees. Okay, believe it or not. Okay, so you and um, we are coming into the 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 uh, the planting should have happened. Um, the end of August, mm. the beginning of September mm. for our Thanksgiving greens. Oh, okay. okay. So, but if you're going to the store, right? You I'm know. saying you. Well, for, at the store now, you can get stuff. Yeah, from but what the season all year round? But, but we that's don't want that. Yeah, right. Seasonal. So that's what I'm saying. So you can, Corn, you know, squash, pumpkins, some and, and and some greens. You can, yeah. Okay. It's still greens. Okay. Season. All right. So now we're talking. The seasons and the the, the astrological impact mm. mm-hmm. of growing and things like that from a spiritual perspective, but also from the food perspective. Mm. So, what you oh. got? <laughs> How does that tie in? Right. Okay. So, um, folks, also right. So, an organic farmer, but I'm also an astrologer, and I've been doing astrology um, now for like over ten years. Okay. Um, and it really is amazing. Um, the uh, Star of David really stands for so is above, so is below. Mm-hmm. That's what the seal of Solomon is, mm-hmm. you know. And and so when you look at that so is above, so is below, the cycles in the heaven mirror the cycles in the earth. Wow. And so looking at that, um, just knowing that right now we are in the season of uh, ma'at mm-hmm. now balance balance Libra L- Libra mm-hmm. so Libra and Libra uh, is ruled by um, who they have said well um, now ma'at I- is who is ma'at right okay there we go so <laughs> <laughs> I know I was gonna bring all of this so um, ma'at is one of the neturu or interu um, that is recognized in the ancient Kemetic order. Yes. Okay. And so. Ancient Egypt. Yes. Ancient oh, Kemet. Kemet mm-hmm. is, you know, but Egypt. The land of the blacks. Right. Kemet. So Kemet is the land of the blacks. Egypt is another name that was assigned to it. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, company, Astro Noir, okay. the whole niche of mine is restoring our legacy. And so I am renaming things a thing yes and so I'm, I'll give you what the western what they called it but then tell you like okay yeah but for us this was where it came and this is you know the energy that it meant yes okay because what happened was they came again it's this y'all this is the same story since time memorial they came they saw they bit they renamed <laughs> it they repackaged it they said "Ooh, look what we got something new and improved that you've never seen before, right. and it was the same old same stuff. stuff. So, but it was Lord. our stuff before. Our stuff, yes. So, I'm restoring our stuff back to us. Well, thank you. How's that? Yes. So, my aunt, right, is about the scales and balance, mm-hmm. and Libra um, falls, you know, um, from September 22nd to October 21st. I think it is mm-hmm. 21st, 22nd, mm-hmm. and and so. In the heavens, what um, is happening, of course, is what balance, right? Mm-hmm. This is when um, we have we go into the fall equinox for the northern hemisphere, right? And so that is what is happening. That is the phenomena. 
ritualistically what um, and and to tie it so people can understand. I'm going to use um, the uh, Jewish faith. Okay. So the Jewish faith at the new moon this is Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. So it's the new year. Mm-hmm. Then there are 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Over Rosh Hashanah, over uh, the 10, it's called the 10 days of awe. That is the time that when you got, you know, issues and arguments and stuff you need to get straight, you mm-hmm. go to your brothers and sisters and you get that right. Gotcha. And you have to do that work so that by the time the 10th day you hit Yom Kippur, the highest holy day That's of the October-ish, Jewish. right? It's 10 days after. Oh, just 10 days after. It's always 10 days after Rosh Hashanah. Okay. And Rosh Hashanah is always the new moon. Okay. Okay. You know, um, in the fall. Like, okay. So I'm saying, like, Tying it to the okay, mm-hmm. and so Yom Kippur is the high holy day, right? Because God told you go work your stuff out with your people yep. first. Don't yep. even come into the temple unless you're good with everybody else, right? And then Yom Kippur is the day that you go and you make atonement with God, and you and God work it out. Wow! Right? Yep. So, what does that look like, comedically? Right? Remember, comedic, the black folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Those people. Originals. The Ma'at was the principle of balance, righteousness, reciprocity. There are 42 laws of Ma'at, mm-hmm. of which the Ten Commandments came out of. Yes. Okay? Yep. And so with that 42 laws of Ma'at and Ma'at bringing the balance in the comedic mythology... What happens is when a person uh, is set to uh, transition into mm-hmm. the afterlife, mm-hmm. they have to come to judgment. Yep. And in judgment, they come up and their heart is weighed against mm-hmm. a feather. And yes. if their heart is still heavy, still troubled, then they're not able to pass over into the afterlife. Right. So when you see the scales of balance and Libra, mm-hmm. that's where that came from. Gotcha. And so those people who have been born under Libra. My sister. And, um, you know, um, Oshun, I call her Oshun, but Venus. Venus is the Roman name. Okay. Okay. Venus rules Libra. Okay. That's the Roman name, the Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. Oshun is the uh, Yoruba mythology mm-hmm. for the archetype or the guardian of beauty and pleasure and so she rules libra okay right? um but if we were able if we were able to restore um i'll just say who i think the real energy of something is mm-hmm. it would be um, ma'at yes so ma'at would rule libra and so those folks folks that are born you know they, they want everybody to be in harmony mm-hmm you, you almost want to strangle them because it's just like, can you please make a decision, please? <laughs> right. And the issue is they want to hear everybody's side. They're mm-hmm. taking every everybody's side into account. Yep. And, you know, it's like, well, but yes, um, you know, but, but they said, well, hold on, let me check in with this person. You know, so um, for them, relationships are very important. Yes. And bringing balance to relationships, that's, that's just real important for them to, okay. to have that. And okay. So... Um, knowing what's happening in the heavens, knowing what's happening with the ground and what we're supposed to be doing. So we come down to the point where in the fall right about now, Mm -hmm. right, Mm -hmm. is judgment. Okay. You're looking at 
what did I, I planted in the spring. I had a plan for what I was going to do. You know, this is what I I anticipated. So this was what I did. Mm -hmm. Now you're reviewing. Did it come up? Did it happen? Mm -hmm. Does it look good? Does it not? Mm -hmm. And at that point, you get to say whether you passed or failed for your own judgment, I'll say. Right, right. And in your assessment, then you are coming to a moment when you are looking to decide what you're going to do next spring. Wow. Okay. With your field, what you're, you know, so in assessing what happened this year, you're determining what you're going to be planting in the spring. Gotcha. Right? So. Wow. You just blew my mind. I kind of had the pieces together. Yes. um, But I didn't know how it all tied in. And I actually have a feather of my eye. I actually went to Kemet to study some of these things. And then I have that feather because I'm I'm not a Libra, but I'm mm-hmm. a Scorpio, but I'm mm-hmm. the 26, which is right, right off of there. Mm-hmm. So I definitely need the balance. I enjoy the balance, but I also know that I'm, I'm wow. I'm like all over the place. So I wake up every morning with the, the feather there to remind me to balance myself. Nice. And so, yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. So <laughs> speaking of that, I gave you my birth date. Yes, to try to get some glean Ooh, some I got, information. Listen, y'all, I got all the tea on Wendy. What? Okay. You noticed <laughs> so she she waited until we was kind of like late in the show, so I couldn't like reveal too much juice, right? <laughs> but uh, let's see what we can release a okay. little bit of. All right. <laughs> Let me know. No, what seriously. You got. So. Um, well, mama. So I do have her chart. And no, my question for you is kind oh. of what, you know, because we only got a little bit of time. We'll, we'll so talk kind more of, of this after. Just definitely. Maybe the high. So, right. What What seriously now, you know, since we're on air, mm-hmm. some things you don't mind maybe millions of people learning about you. Right. Career? Like, career. W- what's the path? Um, I feel like I've been planting some really good seed. Right. Th- that's how I feel. I feel like I am totally aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing now and open to okay. some shifts where, you know, where they are. I am a Scorpio, so I'm used to being in control. I'm used to, like, you know, being a little egoic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm used to those types of things, so now I'm stepping back. Okay. And I am becoming more fluid and more flexible and more open and more open to being able to receive things because usually I'm the giver. Okay. And I'm not used to that. So that's kind of where I am about to turn 48 in a few months. What? So that's where I'm feeling like. Black don't crack y'all. If y'all haven't seen the picture. Oh, thank you. What? I mean, you know, we're looking at 32 here. That's what I'm like, what? For who? Thank okay. you. And okay. I, I started a business like I left old things behind that didn't serve people, places, things. Yes. And now I'm forging a new path. Okay. And I'm open to whatever it is that's that's good. Okay. Well, I can tell you. So I was going to say, darn, I should have jumped in before she, just that last part. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so people would know like, oh, she does know what she's talking about. So <laughs> Wendy, Wendy has, um, you know this, You have, she's a cancer rising. Yes. And um, so her son is in um, um, Pisces. I'm not Pisces, Scorpio. Scorpio. But she has a Cancer rising. Okay. And her moon. um, So your moon, though, right there is in Virgo. Virgo. So I just want to say this. I was adopted when I was born. And so Mm -hmm. I never knew what time I was born Mm -hmm. until just 
this year. First time I got my original birth certificate. So when we would be at events and right. they'd be like, what time were you born? I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. So I got my original birth certificate. And so now I know that I was is born amazing. at 8.32 p.m. Right. And I've put that in. And folks, you have to understand how amazing that is to have that information. Because without your birth time, I'm not able to look at the houses that talk about activity mm -hmm. that go on. Mm -hmm. So we can look at your, you know, the planets never move. I'm mm -hmm. saying like the where the planet is in the sign, that stays. Okay. But the time is what moves the houses. And so that's really important to have that information. So real quick. So she wants to talk about career. So what I'm going to do is talk about her second house, her sixth house, and her tenth house. So her second house falls in over Leo. And she has actually, it's called a parts of fortune. It's almost like a rainbow. Um, that's the best way I can put it. It's a, mm. it's a rainbow kind of uh, aspect that so she should have um, in her career many things and, and because it's in Leo um, that has to def definitely do with productions so hmm. be it you know theater radio mm -hmm. um, that okay. is actually what that okay. has to do with because um, Leo well Leo is executive ability okay. so you know and it's creativity okay. so that's why it's either politics or the stage okay. which okay. that's why they say politics is a stage right because and yeah a like, lot of like people, Obama well he's yes he's a Leo and the majority of all of the presidents of the United States have been Leos gotcha if you go back the I majority heard that. of them I yes, did hear that's, that so it's executive ability but it's also like I said creativity it creativity rules. yeah creativity so that would be your second house dealing you know and it's for Leo okay okay and so anything that Leo kind of rules is going to be good for you Good. Okay, and Leo is about, is the showmanship or the yes. showwoman. Okay, yes, she's the queen, <laughs> right? And so dealing with regalness, dealing with creativity, dealing with children, actually, yeah. uh -huh. all of those things will uh, be good for you for your second house. Okay? okay, your sixth house is your everyday work environment. So the place that you actually come to work. My house. Um, no. Oh, you work in your house. I work at my house, yeah. Okay, you work out of your house. But even when you come in here, okay. I'm saying, so, oh, but that's good to know. Mm -hmm. It's over Sagittarius, okay? So, <laughs> it makes so much sense. Oh my God. Okay, because Sagittarius has to deal with the international um, traveler. It has yes. to deal with learning um, the higher sciences, the, the esoteric um, you know, studies. That, I love that all is, of that. Right. So your sixth, that would say, your sixth environment, though, is a Sagittarius. So your sixth, your everyday workplace is you having those kinds of things around you mm -hmm. that you're able to, you know, use in your work environment. Yes. So yes. that would be the sixth. Now you do have um, Neptune there, and uh, or I say Olokun. Okay. And that has to that can, that can be inspiration, which is awesome. So it's inspiration, um, but it can be fog too. Okay. So that you can have blind spots there. Yes. So make sure that any uh, workspaces that you go into over the next, um, and that's, no, I'm sorry, that's not transit, that's natal there. Okay, so any, um, when you're setting up a workspace of where you want to be, mm -hmm. then that makes a difference. Okay. Okay. And so then last is your 10th. Your 10th is your career. Okay. And so I see that Chiron is there. 
and Chiron is the wounded healer. So that says to me that <laughs> yes, that's like what you will be known for, or you know, what I just you're known had this for. conversation with some other people who are doing what I'm doing. Mm. I call my I, I call myself the the mirror guide, okay, because I'm still like a a mirror, and um, but I'm still working through my stuff, okay. So you know, yeah, that's amazing. Yep. So there you go. That's just a a quick overview of Thank you. of Wendy and you know um, if you want to uh, learn more uh, please follow me um, Instagram at astro.noir so again that's Instagram at A-S-T-R-O dot N-O-I-R mm-hmm. um, because again I'm really interested in, in returning astrology back to us in a way that we can really identify with it and, and not be afraid of it not be I think afraid that's of what it. happens I feel like if we're in the west a lot of times we're brainwashed to thinking the the modalities to connect with spirit and with other things we've been taught that what we're what we come from is bad is mm-hmm. dark is black it's not good it's the right. devil right that's and white supremacy okay yeah. anything right. that's ours right yes. that's boo that's bad and that's so not true. I so I want you to just be open I mean it doesn't mean that you're going to 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 hell if you were to look at your signs or whatever or to start to be curious it's just a way to awaken and heal and that's what we do here in the sanctuary we're awakening to new things um, things that are old indigenous things that are now new to us in this modern time and being comfortable with it you can also find Adama on Adama's Bedouin Farm on Facebook mm-hmm and then she has Grace in Motion. That's her website. But I thank you so much for coming. I knew it was going to be awesome. We I ran know. out of time. Thank She's going to have to come back so we Yay. can talk about more food and seed and soil. Just eat good food and be um, intentional about finding it and investing in it because rather now the farmer than the pharmacy later. That's right. And, and, and our people are dying and we are in food deserts and we don't value the food like we should and it's keeping us vibrating at a place where we're not able to do what we need to do so until next time thank you for listening to the sanctuary please follow us at awaken and heal on instagram and goddessawaken.com to follow the revolution thank you thank you